This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What a beautiful break that was from Derby County. And one chop cheated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. And a chance for Mario once more. You're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the independent Derby County podcast. No, you didn't fall asleep and wake up in August. We are back. It's an unscheduled June podcast because the news we've all been waiting for has finally arrived. It seemed like a lifetime ago that the Rams were plunged into administration, certainly longer than 285 days. But since then, we've had squabbles, legal wranglings, we've had broken promises false hope, empty talk, empty bank accounts, and a countless stream of statements. And that was just off the pitch. We've been put through the absolute ringer as a fan base. We've marched for our club. We've seen chances and frauds come and go. We've been a national topic of conversation. We've stared non-existence in the face, all while tumbling into the third tier of English football for the first time since 1986. It's been a real once in a lifetime period for most of us as Derby County supporters. But it brings me immense pleasure and relief to say it is over. The mighty Rams are saved. Uh, David Klaus' takeover has been completed. And maybe, just maybe, we can concentrate on the actual football again and only the football and words like creditors, preferred bidders, relevant stakeholders, and Quantuma are ones that we'll just never have to hear ever, ever again. Uh, Savouring the feel-good factor with me, Chris Parsons. I've uh, dragged them off their summer holidays on a Friday night. It's Tom Martin. How you doing, man? Yeah, very good, Chris. I have to say, if uh, I could describe my feeling as a sound, it would be this. Wee! <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> delightful. Like Absolutely delightful. I'm so, so pleased. And uh, making a Steve Bloomers Rossing debut on tonight of all nights is uh, Jamie Page from the Derby Retweets account. How are you doing, man? Happy takeover day to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and thanks for allowing me to come on um, in such a special occasion. Um, I've got a couple of cans here with me as well, Tom. So I'm sure as time goes on, um, we'll get more and more happy and optimistic about next season. I don't know if you can hear this. That's some budget Prosecco from the corner shop that I'm, uh, I'm rocking right now because it has to be done. One man who, who he might not be drinking, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, if he's professional enough. Uh, we're very happy to have with us, especially as the takeover only broke about three hours ago, is the Derby Telegraph's Derby County writer, Lee Curtis. Lee, thanks ever so much for joining us. Well done on the job and uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. I mean, you guys have, have crack, clearly cracking open your cans. I've drunk mine. Fair play. He's on it straight away. That's what we love to see. <laughs> you were telling us before that this has come at a slightly, this all came at a bit of an odd moment for you when it's actually happened, didn't it? Yeah, well, it was basically as the takeover was announced and was breaking, it was my daughter's prom this evening. So literally as all hell was breaking loose with Derby, she came down the stairs in this wonderful flowing ball gown that's cost me an absolute arm and a leg. And obviously, we've had the. She's obviously gone with her boyfriend, and the, the parents have come round. It's the first time we've met them, so I'm having to sort of juggle social responsibilities with the Derby takeover. It's an absolute carnage. I mean, your daughter's prom is what some would say it's like a once in a lifetime event, but I mean, Derby County being saved, that's also a once in a lifetime event, isn't it? So it's a difficult one for you to balance <laughs> as a parent and, uh, and a Derby County writer, isn't it? Yeah, both uh, both have quickly taken their place in my heart. So, uh, so, I mean, I've only been doing the job now a little, little over a month, but it feels like 40 years, you know, everything that the club has gone through in that time. 
Um, it's been absolutely chaotic. I mean, even when I went to Blackpool on holiday, because I've got a, my best friend lives up there, so I went up there for a bit an hour and hour, and that was a holiday that was always planned. And even then, it was just, you know, the phone was going and things were happening. And obviously, at some point, it, you, you know, Chris Kurtz's takeover collapsed. And I just feel like even in that month's time, I just feel like I've been through so much. And yet, when you compare it to the fans, it's absolutely nothing. You know, for the last nine months, I've been through such an ordeal. And um, and it's been abundantly clear to me, sort of like in the short time I've I've been in the job that, you know, the amount of suffering that the fans have gone through, you know, doom scrolling social media every day, just waiting for any kind of tidbit to to tell them the, cl- the club was safe. So um, to be able to sort of be a part and be able to break that news tonight um, with everybody else has been an absolute pleasure because they've, they've been through the uh, the emotional grinder. Yeah, well, hopefully there's much more good news to come, I guess. And as good as it does feel to have that clean slate and the dark clouds behind us, uh, Derby County's new era will begin without Wayne Rooney. Uh, it's Wazzer out, Klaus in. So uh, in our feature-length pod, partnered with uh, Derby Brewing Company, Derby's original craft brewer, we are going to look back on Rooney's reign, the player departures, the possible player arrivals. And of course, we have to give an obligatory mention to a certain Mr. Kirchner. Uh, but it is a new chapter for the Rams. Chaps, it isn't Mike Ashley. It isn't Andy Appleby. It isn't a Spanish boxer or a Texan golf fanatic with a vague interest in football. It's a local firm who kept quiet. They did what they had to do and who crucially have actually stumped up the cash when it matters. Jamie, you first, man. What's your overriding emotion now that this dark episode in our history is now behind us? I think immediately it's relief. Um, seeing that news and just knowing that we've got a club to support for the foreseeable future. I'm sure over the next 24 hours, I'll feel a host of, of other emotions, um, especially if uh, I continue drinking at the rate I am at the moment. But yeah, just, just relief. Um, looking at that statement from, from David Klaus tonight, you can just see that he was a man that had to do something. Um, he's a fan. Yes, we've been burnt by so-called fans previously, but I'm I'm ready to get behind this guy. Um, he's obviously a man who does a lot of stuff in private compared to a certain Mr. Kirchner who decides to put near enough everything on, on kind of Twitter. So, yeah, I think that the future is looking really good. Uh, obviously, as soon as those, those kind of reports came out, we're being linked with players um so yeah the future is looking really good and I imagine over the weekend there's going to be more good news um and we're not going to have this this dark cloud over us for for months to come it's been the worst you know nine months supporting Derby County and it's been a it's been a weight on everyone's shoulders and just having that relief of that that weight lifted it just feels it just feels amazing Tom I think Jamie's hit on something there that it has been the worst year of our lives as Derby County fans of a certain age, certainly. But, you know, BZI had, what, four and a half months. Eric Alonso had two and a half months. Chris Kirchner had a couple of months. Um, David Klaus has had the best part of a week, pretty much. Although he had, it has to be said, already negotiated the, the Pride Park Stadium sale. Um, I mean, was there any point in this where you think we wouldn't get to this day? Was there a point where you didn't think it was curtains or where the worst might happen? Uh, yeah, constantly. Every time things went wrong, and we t- seemed to take one step forward and then two steps backwards. When Kirchner was announced as preferred bidder, it seemed like the um, it was, the end was nigh on that on that sort of uh, era and the saga of like what we've been going through. And then obviously it dragged on and it dragged on, and then it seemed to be a bit rocky. And then he came out and said that no, it's okay. It's just like because of this, uh, whatever excuse it was the first time. And then it was the the bank holidays that hadn't been factored in. And then it all went really quiet. And at that point, I was like, I, I just can't see it. Like, I can't see, I mean, there's so much debt around the club. I couldn't see how anyone would take it on. Um, and there's been a number of times, I think way back in September, I was like, I, I don't see how we're going to get out of this. And I'm I'm so pleased to be wrong. It's like so pleased to be wrong about that because um, this has happened really quickly. And the way that closes, closes closed this uh, is un- unbelievable in the last week or so. And even when we missed that deadline on Wednesday, I was like, I'd given up the doom scrolling. I have to be- have to say, I was just like, I'm just, I'm just not going to listen to it. I'm just going to wait until something's announced. And Cutch kept saying, 
on the WhatsApp group is that not worried, just bored, just get it done because it's going to happen. And he was so positive about it this week. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a leaf out of his book. And obviously when that news came through at six o'clock, I was yeah just overwhelmed with like relief, but then absolute joy as well. Yeah, Lee, I mean, it's it, as you said yourself at the beginning, it has been longer for us in this process than it has been for, for yourself. You, you know, you knew to the the role certainly thrown in at the deep end in terms of uh, of what to expect from covering your average football club. But how has it been for you? I mean, you, you've been in a role a month and we've all found it. A lot of us have suffered from, uh, you know, mental health issues as a result of the mm. the, the crisis and uh, have had real ups and downs, real low points. From a professional point of view, it must be equally infuriating. And we're going to get onto Quantuma, but it seems like if there's one takeaway and one lesson that everyone could have learned from this, it was perhaps the, the, the comms out through the media and the way that it was handled and the way that fans were kept informed. Like, How frustrating did you find the process and trying to get answers yourself? Yeah, well, it's been really difficult for me because obviously I came in, like you say, a month ago and I came into the, this story pretty much stone cold. I obviously had been aware of what was going on, but actually being plunged at the centre of it you know, my feet have barely had time to, to touch the floor, to be honest with you. Um, I think it became abundantly clear to me that after the Chris Kirchner takeover deal collapsed, there was part of me I thought, crikey, is this going to end how I, is this going to end with somebody coming in and taking the club over? Because as one of the guys just mentioned, you know, the, the, the size of the debt, you know, what you're getting for your money is actually not a lot. You know, you're just getting the asset base, which is the players who are on the books of which there are just seven at this moment of time. And, you know, we've been told that a couple of those might be, might be going and, you know, the amount of money that's been needed to, to, to sort of save the club really is absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. And, you know, you just essentially buying a lot of debt. I mean, that, that's, that's essentially what's happened, you know, in terms of the takeover side of the club. But yeah, it's, it's just been really difficult. And I think the, the one thing that I would notice is, that, you know, in terms of the comms and things like that, I think the most frustrating thing is that, you know, things have obviously been leaked out to, to certain parties. And, and I get that. It's part of the job. I mean, it happens. I think there's been times where I've sort of asked questions and never had a response, which has been a little bit frustrating. But again, you know, I've, I've come into it, you know, just a, a month down the line, whereas... Sort of other journalists would have have had their heads buried in this story for nine months, so you you kind of uh, kind of accept that. I just think obviously there's a lot of times in the media. I think everybody tries to be first all the time, and I'd rather be second and right than first and wrong. You know, that's you know the last few days in particular have been very tricky. Everyone, when you see the, the dreaded ITKs on social media and they're saying, "Yeah, takeover's done," I'm thinking at ah, no, it's not, you know, because uh, I'm aware of a statement that's coming to say this. And I think that's that, that's probably been the most frustrating aspect of it all. But um, I'm just pleased it's all, it's all over, you know, even in, the, in the, even in the four weeks. I mean, I went through the Notts County takeover in 2019. That was a club I covered before, obviously, I moved on to Derby. And, you know, that was so stressful. And you, 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 you quickly take on board, you know, the passion of the fans and the worry and the anxiety because... You know, you're there to represent them in the, in the best way possible. You know, you want to give them the information, everything that you, you, you've got to hand. And obviously, when Knotts went through a similar process in 2019, they weren't in administration, but I went to the High Court when they would unpaid tax bills. And, of course, the taxman was saying, right, if you don't pay the tax bill, it's liquidation. And then there was club had no kit, had no players. And, of course, you know, the fans are always asking what's going on. And that's been no different. The difference is I had eight years of worth of of being at Knotts and having the contact. So it's, um, yeah, it's been an eye opener for sure, but I'm just pleased that it's finally all over and, and has got the happy ending that the fans have deserved. Because I think one thing that's become abundantly clear to me in the, in the short space of time that I've been covering the club, you know, the amount of passion, love and patience that, that, that the fans have shown Derby throughout what has been an utter ordeal these last nine months has been unbelievable. And I'm just so pleased it's, it, it's you know, they've been saved. Tom, Lee's mentioned uh, Klaus there. He's so he's our new owner. And before we go on, actually, I did... We've had this podcast planned for so long that I've, I've managed to get a bit of background stuff prepared on it. Um, we don't know that much about David Klaus. Uh, he came into the whole process quite late. We know that he is a season ticket holder in the North Stand. Uh, we know that he's relatively private. But... Um, Compared to BZI and Chris Kirchner who were, and Mike Ashley, who are names that we're now well associated with, Klaus came into all this 
really late. So he's not here tonight, but I fortunately got our own Richard Kutcher to explain in 40 seconds, who is David Klaus? We don't know too much about David Klaus yet because from what we have heard from those who know him, he is quite deliberately a private man with very little interest in seeking the limelight. Before being appointed group chairman of the family business to property company Klaus Development with £300 million of assets in 2015, Mr Klaus enjoyed a successful career as a commercial pilot with British Midland. We believe he is a genuine Derby County fan with several fellow supporters confirming he is a North Stand season ticket holder with his son and is known to attend away matches. His father was also an avid Derby County fan. In 2018, the Sunday Times Rich List put the 53-year-old's personal wealth at £252 million. So when you listen to that, Tom, it's, it's quite interesting with Klaus that he, I don't know if it's too harsh to call him like a, a reluctant saviour, if you know what I mean, because we've all seen his open letter that he's written to the, to the supporters and he said, um, uh, the true spirit of this football club rests with the fans. It is nothing without them. The decision to get involved with the purchase of the stadium and subsequently the club has not been an easy one. As a private person, I didn't want the publicity and would prefer to remain an anonymous supporter watching from my usual seat. However, if that is the price to secure the future of the club, then so be it. I mean, do, do you see it as a good or a bad thing that that we've we've got an owner who almost had to be cajoled into it by the threat of our non-existence? Oh, I don't see it as a bad thing. Certainly not. Um, I think the fact that he stepped up means he obviously is committed to to the club and he doesn't want the club to die. Uh, obviously, he was reluctant because the question would be if he was going to buy the club, which he has done, why wouldn't he have done it sooner? But clearly, that wasn't really part of the plan, and that's not a criticism on him, and it's not no way in no way meant as that. But the question is, like, clearly he, he believed that these people who were applying to buy the club and been to buy it were going to do the club justice. And obviously they haven't done. And he's like, look, I have got the money and I'm going to step in. And whether he steps in for six months, a year, five years, ten years, as long as he's at the at the helm and as long as he does what he, he says and doesn't make any extravagant promises, as he said, and he confirms his intentions to stabilise the club um, and to put the foundations in place for success, which is which is what Mel Morris said and which is what Mel Morris was doing uh, on the face of things, it seemed. But I, I can see from what Close is saying, he doesn't want it, that publicity and that confrontation, which perhaps Mel Morris did, where he took the EFL on with uh, sort of the, the TV money and uh, he obviously took the EFL on with their, their sort of way that of... Um, financing the club with the amortization stuff I can't imagine Close doing that it'd be much more seems to be much more by the book and I'm really hopeful that that's the case um, and I'm, I'm really hopeful and confident that he will stick to his word so I'm excited to have a bit of like mundane ownership and someone that's quite happy to sit in the sidelines I don't want him to be a megastar I don't want him to have a Twitter account where he tweets every two two minutes and tells us what he's intending on doing of signing this player and that player I don't want us to be Frank Lampard or Wayne Rooney's Derby County I'm very happy just being Derby County Football Club again for the first time in about three or four years so um, yeah fair play to him I'm so delighted that he's stepped forward uh, and taken this on and I don't I'm not fussed as how long it is but I think it's a fantastic uh, fantastic thing for the club Jamie we were talking about this in our, in our own little group chat beforehand and uh, sort of knocking around some thoughts and Kutch mentioned uh, he, he couldn't make it tonight because he's uh, he's probably about 10 pints deep at the cricket by now. But he was uh, he sort of made the point that this isn't not just a chance for, for a clean slate and a new beginning, but we can really reshape Derby County with this. Like this is a real chance to create like a, a Derby County that we're even more proud of, like on and off the pitch. Like for example, the 32 Red Deal expires this summer. So isn't it isn't it time to get a local sponsor on the front of our famous black and white shirt. Like, you know, we had 32 red. It was a means to an end for a certain amount of time and it helped us get Wayne Rooney, but that's got to be one thing we could do. Like, can we get more, uh, you know, more constructive links with local suppliers, like get better catering in the ground, that sort of thing. Like, you know, cough, Derby brewing, cough, cough. (laughs) Can we get uh, just a bit more, can we look at ways to really make the club our own? Because the whole administration process really illustrated how much it means to everyone and surely one of the results of that is how we can uh how we can build it better in the future yeah i agree and and what i've been saying to you know friends and, and family is that i feel like this is the end of a 
end of one chapter and the start of another, but it's a completely different book. This is almost the the new Derby County. Um, and like you said there, I hope we are run in a completely different way. Um, I think the only constant will be the, the fans. And I tell you what, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to guess how many will be there on, on the first day against uh, Oxford, but I, I know that it's going to be a, a number there. It's going to be loud and it's going to be proud. So you've got those fans that are going to turn up week in, week out. We've got a clean slate with regards to playing staff as well. Um, there'll be a few moving on that uh, potentially some people think are, are kind of bad eggs. I'll reserve judgment at the moment. But yeah, there's a real opportunity to to really carve out the new Derby County. And I think like, like Tom said there, I, I don't feel that Klaus is this kind of guy that's going to want to be the centre of attention. He's not going to have, well, hopefully not going to have cameras set up at the training ground or a Twitter account or anything like that. He's going to run this as he has with his successful um, company that, that, you know, has got him to the position to be able to buy Derby County. So it's really exciting. Um, to be honest with you, I'm, I don't feel like I'm ever, I say this now and I'll probably, you know, six months on probably tweet something negative, but at the moment I can only think positive things. Um, it's going to be a, a magical kind of couple of months before the season starts. And, and I'm just hoping that we can all get back in the ground and yeah, there's not a, a pandemic that comes along to, uh, to scupper that, but, but, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it and hoping that, um, you know, Klaus's reign is, is successful because I think if anyone deserves it, he does. A few of uh, your five word reviews uh, now, as we put it out on Twitter, just how do you feel about Derby's takeover in five words? We had a few come in on our Patreon, our, uh, our membership service, where we, we drop an extra podcast each month. Uh, so some of our patrons came in with these. Uh, Andy Northedge, he said, David Clowes, you little dancer. Love that one. Uh, Chris Getty, he said, it's finally over at last. Uh, Danny Davis, he said, finally bring on League One. Uh, Hucknall Ram said, now, uh, sorry, he said, not imminent, but now done. Uh, Kurt Lewin, he came in with Derby County, it's never boring. And uh, Sam Negus, he said, worst year ever, thanks, Mel. Lee, I'm sure you've done a bit of digging on David Klaus, how much he's worth. Kutch mentioned there that the Sunday Times had his overall wealth at about £250 million pounds or thereabouts through Klaus developments. I guess it's quite difficult to answer, but do you see him as being someone who will loosen the purse strings or for the first few years will it just be getting Derby County back on a on an even keel because as we're going to come to later we're being linked with some players who have earned a fair bit of money in the past aren't we yeah I mean listen I think the most important thing is the club gets back to being financially stable um in the short term and and obviously the long term I, I think listen um Mel Morris um you know, was obviously a Derby fan as well, but it was a man who flew close to this, too, too close to the sun in some respects. There's a lot of ways of going about being a football chairman. You can either go in and go all guns blazing and empty you empty your reservoirs of cash pretty quickly. I mean, listen, football will absolutely swallow your whole. You know, in that respect, because you'll have every man and his dog ringing you and every agent on the phone promising this, that, and the other. If you if you pay me this, I can get this player here. So. I think with the fact that Derby have been Derby fans have been through this experience, I think David has been as a fan himself, and as you've seen in his statement, um, will be will be aware of that. So I'm all for running a football club well with within its means. I think you know if you look at the, the clubs that have gone bust already like your Macclesfield and, and Berries you, you, I mean they're, they're absolutely tragic stories you're losing heartbeats of communities and so I, I think David will be very sensible in his approach and I've got absolutely no problem with that I think the difficulty that he's going to have to find is that the, the Derby is a, a club with huge expectation and you've got to try and sort of marry those two together you've sort of got to be able to be financially stable but also try and meet the ambition of, of, of what the fans expect so I think that's going to be the most difficult challenge of it all. But, 
you know, going back to what you were saying about um, being on social media and and, um, and, and stuff like that and, and being quite private, I'm all for that. I think, you know, the not Soners who took over for after Alan Hardy left, Christopher and Alexander Reeds, I think they took over. They did one press conference when they first came in to announce themselves. We got to ask them questions. I think after that, in three years, I think I did three interviews. But in that time, um, they just let, you know, the club get on with it. They weren't front and centre. They weren't all over social media. And they only really put themselves up for interview when there was something that needed to be addressed. Either the manager had been sacked and you wanted to know why or, you know, they were looking forward to a new season and they, they would give you a chance to ask them about the transfer policy, etc. and things like that. So, you know, it's very easy to get swallowed up by the whole social media thing and, and, and trying to appease the fans. But I, th- I think it's best just to keep yourself in the background and just let what you do, and which he has done, to be fair, to him already. You know, he's a lot of people were talking through the media his actions spoke far louder than words, you know, he went and got the stadium, he's gone and got the deal done, like we say, you know, in a, in a matter of days. So I think he's already made an excellent start in that respect. Yeah, one of the things I heard is that Klaus is planning to keep his season ticket in the North Stand. Um, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes when we're like, when we're 2-0 down at home to Cheltenham in, in, in December and he's getting pelters. But I don't know, I, I'd love it if that's the case, but uh, we'll have to see what happens on that one. But uh, as I said at the top, like the new era will start without Wayne Rooney. It seems a lifetime ago he arrived at the club. Now, really, like I guess it has been three years, but um, we've been on such a journey as a club, and he has personally in the time that he was with Derby. But um, eighty-five games, won twenty-four, drew twenty-two, lost thirty-nine. Uh, Anton did a bit of digging into um, into his PPG, which was for Wayne Rooney, which was 1.12. Which compared to other managers, Nigel Pearson's was one, but obviously he was only there for about two months. Uh, Nigel Clough was 1.22. Philip Koku, 1.25. Frank Lampard, 1.56. Then you're up to uh, Rowett, 1.6. Clement, 1.64. Uh, Wassel, 1.67. And Stevie Mack from his first spell, 1.84. Tom, you first on this. How do you think Wayne Rooney will be remembered as uh, primarily as Derby County manager? Yeah, I think he'll be remembered fondly, to be honest. There's been a bit of a, a vitriol and a bit of a backlash on social media that I've seen against him. But the, the stats don't read particularly well. Uh, 1.22 uh, points per game isn't isn't great. But you've got to, there's so many caveats on that. And I think that the, the season we had last year, despite relegation, the way that he fronted up, the way that he inspired alongside Rosinia and the rest of the backroom staff, that team to overachieve in what they, they were doing. And yes, it ended in relegation, but it, it wasn't without a fight and it wasn't without a lot of pride. And that, that takes a lot. Um, I don't think necessarily he is ready for like the Everton job, which has been mooted. I know obviously Lampard's still in that job now, but I do think he, he did a, a decent job last season. You would then have to look at the first season that he had or part of season where he guaranteed that we wouldn't be relegated, which he was right, but my God, we were incredibly lucky and we were God-awful for that six or seven months. And I know that wasn't directly his fault. There was a lot of things going on at the club at that time as well. But you've got to look at both of those sides and there was some good and there was some really bad in there. So I think he's um, I think he's going to be a good manager for whoever takes him on. I hope it's a, a decent sort of championship team with the opportunity for him to grow rather than going into the Premier League because I think he does need that development and he does need to take a team uh, on the up. And I wish him all the best. I'm not certainly not going to to criticise him and say that he uh, he did a bad job at Derby. I think he did a, a pretty good job in the very, very challenging circumstances. Um, and for me, it's a bit of a shame that he, he decided that he was going to pack it in at this point. But I also totally understand that. So I know it's a bit sitting on the fence, but um, I wish him well. Um, thank you for the, the great memories. And I also thoroughly enjoyed some moments last season, So despite the relegation. So, so yeah, I've, I've got no bad words to say about him and I wish him all the best in his career. Yeah, that's the thing really, Jamie, isn't it? Like, it, it is pretty difficult really to to give any sort of concrete hard judgment on Rooney as Derby County manager because he's basically had his hands tied more than any other Rams boss in recent history like we've basically been under some sort of embargo since he in in the entire time he was here I mean I looked it up and I think I think Yuzviak was the last player that we actually paid a fee for uh, and that was under Koku I could be wrong on that He's had no real leverage in being able to keep any players that he wanted to. He's had a points deduction. He's at the back end of a global pandemic. We've said it before that it's actually quite surprising he stuck it out this long, to be honest. But looking back on his reign, 
he did seem to squeeze quite a lot out of the, the the group at times when we were really up against it and expectations were particularly low. And I I felt that's when our, our best moments came last season, like Fulham at home, Sheffield United at home, uh, West Brom at home, Bournemouth at home. As we said, I think he, he was committed to us and he did seem to have like a sense of duty in his role at, at, at Derby, which let's face it, is something that we have lacks in other managers. And we all saw the tales about him paying travel expenses and things like that. But as Tom said, I guess it is just a shame that it's it, it has ended the way that it has because the strong suspicion is that he has sadly walks away because Rooney's preferred bidder, Chris Kirchner, is not the person who got his hands on Derby County in the end. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And I think, like you said there, I think there were so many times previously where you thought, OK, you know, he's on borrowed time. I'm, I'm almost expecting a statement to come out to say that he's... His walks, but week after week, he'd sit in front of Rams TV and, and the national media just to say, you know, how proud he was and, and that he's committed to the job, even when he was being linked with the Everton job and, and different stuff like that. So, yeah, I think to echo echo Tom, I think he did amazing. Given the circumstances, he got a lot from certain players that, you know, probably wouldn't have been anywhere near a Derby first team. They'd have been within the the under twenty threes or or maybe out on loan. So I think I'll look back on on last season quite fondly. Some amazing memories: um, Birmingham at home, Reading away, uh, two that I was present at. And yeah, I think they'll be remembered for for years and years to come. But ultimately, he did kind of back Kirchner. Um, and I think probably he walked away maybe feeling a little bit embarrassed because he backed he backed a man that was, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here, <laughs> but wasn't what he said he was. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is unfortunate. But on the, t- you know, on the flip side of things, for me, the positive is that Rosinia has, has stayed around. He was linked with the Blackpool job. And as soon as he was linked with the Blackpool job, I don't know what it was, but suddenly I started to look into more about who he was, what makes him tick, you know, him as a player, him as a as a coach. And I was absolutely gutted that he was going. So to have him around, to have him now in the hot seat, um, I imagine quite quickly that interim will become permanent. I think he's a, yeah, I tweeted earlier in the week that he's a student of the game. Um, and that gets banded about quite a lot. But I generally think that he is a student of the game. He knows what he's he knows what he's doing, and he's been waiting probably a lifetime for this opportunity. Um, so if we can get the players that that he wants, we can keep um, Curtis, Fozzy, maybe Stearman, and another couple of players that were so good for us last year. Then then you know why not? Why can't we dream to get back? at the first attempt. Um, there'll, there'll be people that will back us, I'm sure. Um, we were third favourite, I think, with the bookies last week when we didn't have a uh, didn't have a, an owner or, or a, a whiff of an owner. So, yeah, I think the future's bright with, with Rosinia, but let's look back, let's respect Rooney. And like Tom said as well, I hope he goes on and, and he does well. More in a second on Steve Bloomer's washing, but uh, don't forget that uh, we've got more plans for our Patreon service next season. We've got monthly prize giveaways. I don't want to get you too excited, but this month you could win a Derby County beach towel. Hold on to your hats, everyone. Um, but we are also dropping an extra episode a month for our Patreon subscribers. We've got a fantasy football league as well and our fantastic Discord community as well. Hi, I'm Paolo Wanchop, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. Russell checking what's on in the box. It's a lovely ball. Dawkins, five! What an impudent finish from the Jamaican international. Backheeled it in. It's raining goals on the banks of the Thames. So, Lee, as we've got you on, we, we had to ask, you're the man with your, uh, with your ear to the ground and uh, with... Uh, with lines into the club and that sort of thing. There's some pretty fruity rumours going around <laughs> about players who who could be signing for Derby off the back of this. Rumours that I'm quite shocked by myself. So 
other media are reporting that the likes of Connor Hurahan, Tom Barkhausen, uh, Mende- Nathaniel Mendez Lang, and James Chester could be among the first to sign for the new era at Derby County. I mean, Hurahan's 31, was last on about 30 grand a week at Villa um, last season on loan at Sheffield United. Uh, Barkhausen, maybe a bit more of a sensible buy, um, about a one in five striker for Preston, 33 and 155 appearances. Mendes Lang got promoted with Cardiff under Neil Warnock a few years back, so he's got pedigree. James Chester, he's 33. So I don't know. If you could have, if you just told me four players would be linked with, I'd have never given those four names. Um, <laughs> can you give us any intel on on how likely those ones are? And do you think those are, those are the sorts of sensible buys for a club like Derby who have only got seven players at the moment? I mean, listen, you, I mean, you, you when you look look at those players and you talk about the careers that they've had, I mean, Hurricane, you know, what a cultured footballer, brilliant midfield player. Um, James Chester played in the Premier League. Uraine played in the in, in the Premier League. Uh, Mendes Lang's a very good, uh, very good winger. The one thing that I would like to see, and, uh, and that's obviously I have sort of delved into the past at Derby and and the transfer policy. You know, the, for for all the money that the club have invested, and there's been significant investment in the playing squad, they haven't really had a lot of bang for their buck. There's been a lot of disappointments in in, in some of the players they've signed. You know, Josriak was was one. You know, the players you mentioned over thirty, and I think that's fine. I think you're going to have to, you're going to definitely going to need some experience because you've got the, the the young players. I just like to make sure that you know that there's a you know there's a happy medium of of young players who are sort of approaching the peak of their careers with those who are perhaps coming towards it, towards the end of them. Because I think you, you do need that healthy mixture of of young talent and and experience. So, because it's going to be very tough next season. I think Curtis Davis hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of the young players who, who appeared for the club last year, because of everybody and how everybody was right behind the club and it was, you know, in the face of adversity, a lot of those young players won't have experienced the sort of negative side of football because everyone was so was so universally behind them. And it was, I thought you hit the nail on the head. You know, we just want the fans to be honest if we're underperforming next season. So I think when you look at the likes of Chester Huren and and those those players who have been linked with the club, and there's, undoubtedly there's been contact there. I, I think they would be absolutely amazing assets. But at the same time, like you just said, you know, Hurricane's been on would have been on a five figure salary. How does he fit into the into the business plan and the, the restrictions that that Derby are going to have to operate to, so I'm I'm really intrigued to see how it uh, how it all <laughs> comes together. To be honest with you, um, because let's face it, you know, seven players under contract for next season, it's a it's a chance to build a, a new squad, and I think it's going to be critically important because it, this is going to lay down a foundation for the next couple of seasons. And I think you know, no club ever gets it 100 percent right in the transfer market, but I think those players that that you've mentioned, I think, would be good fits for Derby. As long as they fit within, you know, the, the budget that they've got, that they've got available. Tom, I, I see what Lee's saying there, but I just, I just don't get it with with her around. I just, I don't understand. I mean, there must be something to it if that's if the link is 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 being reported by the people that it has. But it was last on thirty grand a week. The average League One salary is about probably about four grand a week, so somewhere between two and seven, I'd imagine. Even if Conor Hurahan took like a 50% pay cut and was on 15 grand a week, he'd still be on about three times more than the average League One player. And that's notwithstanding the fact that we need to fill out the rest of the team first. Like I get, I think he, he does live in the area. He's got a young family and it would suit him personally. Of course it would, but there's, there's got to be other priorities first before we're chucking that sort of money on a, on a player of his age, surely, no matter how cultured and, and experienced he, he would be for our side at the moment. I mean, we were taken over three hours ago, pretty much on the dot as we're recording now. And we've been linked to a load of players who are all like pretty big names. It wouldn't surprise me if we signed none of them. Um, I don't think we'll sign all four. Um, of all of those, I think I would like to see Barkusen. I think he's a, a good player. Right midfield, centre forward, left midfield, so a bit versatile there. Not the greatest goal scorer, but Horahan doesn't necessarily make sense unless... He goes right. I've I've made my money as a professional footballer. I'm pretty happy with that, and I actually need some some of that work life balance. And I'm actually going to take the prestige of playing for a big club in a 
in League One, and I'm going to be right. I'll give me the captaincy, and I'll take a take a big wage cut. But I I don't necessarily see that. Um, if we sign Davis, and if Stearman stays, and if Cashin is also signed, I don't see the James Chester link. Uh, I'm not a fan of Mendes Lang, so I'd rather not. Uh, not have that. First of all, his fitness has been questioned by a number of managers in the past, and his goal record is. I know he scored against Derby a couple of times, but his goal record is pretty appalling. So, um, of all of those, I would go. Barkusen would be my one that I would want to sign. Horahan is like, yeah, what what a great player he's been and a creative talent. But again, as you say, because of the wages, I don't see it. Uh, Chester, if we need, depending on the other signings, and no thanks to Mendes Lang would be my view. I guess, Jamie, maybe if, because there's talk of, um, of of Christian Bielik understandably being loaned out next season, because let's all face it, he's far too good for League One. So maybe if a club comes in and, and pays most or all of his wages and, I don't know, maybe we've offered Conor Huran like a almighty promotion bonus or something, I don't know. But how do, what was your reaction to those four names when you first saw them? I personally thought they were Rooney slash Kirchner. Um, rumours had we gone with Kirchner um, those are the kind of players that we would have been you know rumoured with I agree with you um, I just don't get it I don't understand it it doesn't make it doesn't make sense um, you know if he's uh, a bit older maybe he's 35 36 and this is just kind of a almost like a Wes Houlihan at Cambridge United where he, he kind of goes along and, and plays maybe at 50% or something like that but He's definitely a championship-level footballer alongside the other three names that you mentioned there. Um, of course, it's flattering to, to be linked with those kind of players because, actually, if we go and get promoted next year, you never know. We could we could follow it up with another promotion if we're signing players of, of kind of that calibre and we can get everyone kind of together and, and gelled. But, yeah, not for me, to be honest. Um, I'd like to see us go down the route that we did um, I think it was under Appleby and, and Clough previously, where we, we try and find some gems maybe in lower leagues, maybe in Scotland. And look, we look back at the likes of Bryson, Bucko, um, you know, players of, of that ilk, um, and we look back at them fondly, um, not just because we paid minimal you know, transfer fees for them, but they came in. They saw the fans, they, they looked around and they were you know, in awe of... Of, of the Pride Park and, and what they're playing in. Um, so someone like Hurahan who kind of comes in, who's played for Villa, you know, he's used to that. I almost want somebody to kind of come in and, and be wowed by playing for Derby County. Um, and I think with that, you get 100% effort. Um, and that's definitely what we need next season in League One. Um, I'd like to see us linked with a bit more physicality, um, maybe an, an older central midfielder with obviously like you said there Bielik potentially going out maybe a bit of an enforcer um, to go alongside Bird I think Bird's going to have um, a good season if we're able to, to kind of keep him um, I think we will further forward you know and, and potentially adding some goals to his game as well so yeah those names I'm not going to get carried away with um, but uh, like Tom said I think over the course of the weekend I think Pretty much every free agent is probably going to be linked with Derby County. Yeah, well, whoever it is, they'll be, as it stands, managed by Liam Rossini, uh, given the interim Derby County manager's role in the, in the wake of Wayne Rooney's departure. Lee, it's, it's quite hard to, to gauge, really. I mean, I've, I've heard a couple of things that maybe the club are looking elsewhere. Um, you sort of suggested yourself that that it is going to be uh, Rossini or that's what Jamie said a few minutes ago what we can agree on is we'd all love to see him have a go at it I think my concern is maybe that he perhaps doesn't have the recruitment now maybe maybe doesn't have the, the, the same contacts I don't know maybe that's a little bit unfair on him but doesn't have the same sort of contact levels as, as Rooney perhaps but Lee what can you tell us about about the future of Derby County's next permanent manager is it still Rossini's to lose as far as you know or do you think the club might look elsewhere no I think the continuity is very very important I think you know you've got to remember we only got four weeks until the the season starts you know there's still transfers to completed by the time you've got through the process of appointing a new manager you've then got to go through new signings and 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 then you 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 there's not really enough time in my opinion to to go through the process of trying to appoint a new manager um 
what you know what are we now we're on july the 1st the, the season kicks off in 29 days time i mean that's you know we've got seven players on the books and listen i get why people say oh liam's not got experience and you know and i can understand that but he's a terrific coach and he will have learned so much last year you know being alongside wayne and the troubles that they've had to go through and how they've had to manage that um and he will have he will have good contacts. I think he's you know you got to remember he's played the game as well. You know he's played at a terrific level himself throughout his career. So you know I, I think it is his to, is his to lose. Um, clearly he's got the, the respect of the players. You know just listening to Curtis Davis talk about him the other day and you know the, the respect that he's garnered in the dressing room. So I, I think that is important. Um, Maybe the conversation would have been a little bit different had it happened. Had we've sort of been in this position two months ago, but he's more than earned the right. He was he was clearly you know very highly thought of by Blackpool, and you know was a, was a great shout for that. And so you know he's a, he's amassing himself a, a good reputation in that respect. He's a very very bright individual, very good on the on the the coaching. Uh, on, on the training pitch from what I've been told so I think he you know he will be a good fit and I like the way he conducts himself as well you know he's a, a very very intelligent individual um, it's interesting you going back to listen to what you guys said about players and, and looking down the lower leagues I've just come from the from obviously not in the, in the National League and let me tell you, there are some unbelievable players at that level who should be playing much higher than what they are I mean Notts had a couple of diamonds in Ruben Rodriguez and Callum Roberts um, obviously played against Derby in a pre-season friendly last summer. You've got Joe Sabara at um, or Moores, although I think he's signed a new contract now. And, um, and you've got Carl Hudlin, who's, who I actually know Derby looked at for a while. Um, but then obviously all the financial problems took took hold and I don't think anything was made of it. And obviously nothing was made of it in the end. But obviously he's a free agent as well. So... Yeah, there are there are sort of players out there, but in terms of uh, Liam Rosini, I think he's yeah, I, th- I think for me he's the correct choice in the short term, um, just because I don't think there is really enough time, and I think he's earned his stripes now, and he's he's ready to elevate himself into the dugout, and I'd be fascinated to see how he gets on because I do think he's got all the attributes that that you need to be a good manager. I hate to put you on the spot, Lee, but. Um... As you hear, are there any scoops that you can bring us on on incomings at all? Or any, any, is, is there anything you're hearing about any names who might be uh, rumoured to join in the next 29 days before the season starts? My employers would never let me come on my show again if I started breaking scoops on here, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that... Uh, and they'll be listening, so... Um, I had to ask, come on. Yeah, I, listen, I think it's going to be a very, 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 very exciting period for the club. Obviously, I'd obviously... Uh, the stuff about Bielik, I mean, obviously, I broke that. Um, the club, are, you know, are willing to loan him out. And I, to be honest, I think that's a that's a move that suits both parties because I think obviously he wants to play in the World Cup this summer. The Polish manager obviously stuck his oar in and said that he needs to leave Derby, and I think clearly a loan move obviously suits everybody in that respect because uh, you know if Derby do go, have a, go go on to have a very successful season and get in the championship obviously Bielik is a very very good player and, and it's obviously championship quality so i think it's a, that 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 move would make sense uh, in that respect but uh, yeah keep your eyes on derbyshire live and and on Twitter, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well played. Play that straight bat. I, I, I had to ask, but you know, that's fair enough. <laughs> Forward defensive, uh, <laughs> my speciality. Tom, it could all have been so different for Derby County. I, I mean, I'm going to, I've sort of erased from my memory what we said about Chris Kirchner. Um, I think broadly we were on board with him as owner, but I think that partly came just from desperation, really, because it had been going on for so long that uh, anyone who came in was considered like a a knight in shining armour for us, really. But how do you feel about it now? Now the dust has settled and, and he has moved on. I mean, there were the rants on Twitter, the blaming of the bank holidays, like the unwillingness to deal with Mel Morris, the the sort of the, the, the fruity language on Twitter as well. There were a lot of red flags with this guy, which is ironic, really, given how much time he spends playing golf. But how do you feel about Chris Kirchner now? Do you think he'll ever own a football club? No, I hope not. He's a chancer, and that's what he was proven to be. Quite a few people said it at the time. He obviously came in for us initially, uh, I think at the back end of last year, and then came back to us having flirted with Preston North End. Um, and he clearly hasn't got the funds, and he's clearly a waste of space. So he's a waste of space in my head, and he's a waste of space in everyone else's head. You need to forget about him, and I think we need to move on from there. So, yeah, I've got nothing else to say about Chris Kirchner at all. 
less diplomatic there from Tom. That if, if, if Lee's answer was a four defensive, yours was very much yeah. like a march down the crease, smash it for six over the boundary, wasn't it? I think that one. I'm definitely a rashy uh, pant batting for India against England at the moment, just flailing all over the place and smacking the ball all over. I wish I understood that cricket reference. Never mind. Let's move on. Um, Jamie, do you feel the same? Did we dodge a bullet of Chris Kirchner? Massively. Yeah, um, I, I spoke on a, a podcast to say that I was kind of wishing that it didn't go through um, and had a couple of people call me out for that. But yeah, I went full circle with the guy. I think, like you said there, we, we bought into him because we were all desperate and we wanted a club to support. But yeah, he, he took us all for a ride. Um, I'm sure in months, maybe weeks maybe years to come there'll be more that comes out about Chris Kirchner and there'll probably be some stories that are told in pubs um, all around Derby um, about his antics while he was he was around and, and here um, I think he's the the football equivalent of the tinder swindler um, if you've seen that on um, on Netflix I think he was definitely faking it till he made it um, and yeah I, I personally hope that he never, ever gets near a football club, a baseball club, an American football club, um, any sports club. Um, and I think he needs to start looking a little bit closer to home, um, given some of the reports that have come out of, of him not paying staff um, and other kind of sponsorships and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, agree with Tom. Hopefully, Chris Kirchner's name will, will never be mentioned in, in Derby again. A few more uh, five-word reviews from uh, from you lot before we just move on to our last topic of conversation on Steve Bloomer's washing. Uh, so sum up your thoughts on Derby's takeover in five words. Uh, I'll start with a great one from Ant Beal. He said, I will be celebrating imminently. Kev on Twitter, he said, it's over. Now sign Curtis. Uh, Roy just said, I just can't believe it. I'm with you on that one, Roy. Tom Newton said the hard work starts now. Uh, Mr. DPE on Twitter, he said, a cloud has been lifted. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that works as a wordplay, um, but I appreciate the effort. Uh, Chris Richards, he said, rebuilding may take time, patience. Uh, And uh, Daniel Warwick, he said, the new era starts now. That new era... Lee is going to start with a few more players who've, who've sadly left us. Um, the, the, the cold facts are that Derby County literally do not have a first team goalkeeper at the moment after uh, Ryan Allsop and Keller Roos left Ryan Allsop to Cardiff. Can someone remind me where uh, Keller Roos went to? Aberdeen. I've forgotten. Aberdeen. Aberdeen, that's the one. Thank you. Um, and uh, most disappointingly, Malcolm Abiowe as well. Um, it is great that we've got a new beginning and a clean slate, but we're already well behind in pre-season, Lee. And let's not kid ourselves that without these players, let alone the rest of them, <laughs> this this campaign in League One is, is going to be absolutely brutal, isn't it, for Derby, at least for the first few months? Oh, you've you absolutely hit the nail on the head, I think. Um, you know, the fact that they've got seven players under contract, uh, no goalkeeper, as you, as you rightly point out, um, it just goes to underline, you know, how much time was wasted on Chris Kirchner because, and maybe that was perhaps another reason why why Wayne left because I I, I just wonder whether he got to the point where you know what I've been away with my family this thing still hasn't been resolved Chris's takeover has collapsed and I just thought you know what I can't I can't I can't go to the well anymore after all he did last season so it's just left. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a blank canvas, you know, essentially, isn't it? I mean, seven players, um, we're not even sure, you know, how many of those are, 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 are going to still be there come the start of the season anyway. So, you know, there's so much work to do in such a short space of time and then you've got to make sure those players gel. You've only got four, you know, around four weeks to work with them before the start of the season. I mean, in terms of preparation... Um, I mean, it's absolutely fly by the, the seat of your pants stuff, isn't it? I mean, four pre-season friendlies, uh, you know, just the sheer amount of work that needs to take place is incredible. Um, I mean, I, in in many ways, it shares parallels with, with, with Notts County, actually, because when they were taken over, I think there was about a month 
uh, a month to go before the start of the season then. And they only had four players turn up, I think, for, for pre-season training. Um, and a lot of the players had actually called on a few mates uh, and had just got them just to make the numbers up. And in the end, they ended up putting a squad together and got to the player final that year against Harrogate. I mean, um, I think they, they eventually lost to get, uh, at Wembley. Um, but it just goes to show you that, that it can be done. Um, but you need a hell of a lot to, to go your way in, in terms of how players settle in. And and obviously, at that point as well, Knotts fans didn't really have a lot of expectation because of everything that the club had been through. And I, I, I presume it will be similar here. And I think that's going to be key is how much patience the, the fans give to the players and, and the manager to, to get things in order. Because like you say, I think the first few months are going to be extraordinarily tough. Yeah, Jamie, with all that in mind, just before we go, how do you foresee next season going? I know it's really hard to say because we have got so few players and we don't know who's coming in or who might be going out. But now at least our future has been settled. What would you consider to to, to be like a, you know, a successful season next season for Derby County in League One? For me, I think it's it's staying staying up. I think I'm... I'm of the thinking that if we can stay in the division next year, um, I echo what Lee said there. I mean, it's going to be tough over the next coming weeks to to get a team ready. Maybe we won't see them properly gelling until late October, November time. You never know. Um, it could even be later than that. So I think for me, it's about staying in the division, um, which I think we, we will be able to do. Um, but let's just see where we are at Christmas. You know, if we're there or thereabouts, we can we can potentially dream. I think Derby fans have to have no expectations, and when they potentially walk out of a game and we've lost to a who we deem a lesser team, they need to think back to what they've felt for the last year or so um, when we've had no no kind of owner in sight. Um, so for me, I think we just consolidate. We try our best to to be competitive in the league um, and let's see where we are at the tail end of the season. I don't think it's going to be as easy as, as everyone thinks. I think the advantage of potentially having Rossini come in as well is that hopefully he'll have done his research to to know the difference between League One and the Championship. I don't think we'll, we'd get the results um, playing the way that, that Rudy wanted us to play. I think we potentially have to be a bit more direct, a bit more physical. Um, so, yeah, right now, all I, can, I think the, the overriding thing for me at the moment is we've got a club to support. So I'm not too bothered about what happens next year. Um, I just don't want to go down again, I guess. Tom, it's nice to be at least talking about proper football again. And I'm sure we'll be doing a pod in November where we're, where we're depressed having lost to Cheltenham or Forest Green or something like that. But... I guess what we have to remember is that what we've all been through for the past year, it's still going to have ramifications. Like there's still going to be debris to pick up from this God awful mess that we've been through. Like it's going to get worse before it gets better, isn't it? And I think we've shown a lot of resilience in sticking together through the past nine months, but it, I think it's going to get pretty ugly at the start of next season. Is that your hunch as well? Yeah, I, I agree with what, both what Lee and Jamie have both said in terms of if we stay up and we can sort of build that team, it's going to be it's going to be challenging. And I think we go uh, have Oxford on the first day, and then Charlton's the first away game. There's a few games in there where you go, okay, I think it's uh, maybe Shrewsbury and Fleetwood away, who are who both finished down towards the bottom and were in the bottom four at various times last year. So you're like, okay, they they're potentially winnable games, but I, I could see us definitely losing one nil and having one shot on target in both of those games, and um, and it just them being quite frustrating. But at least I'd rather be frustrated by that than having the frustration of like what, what on earth is going to happen with my club are we actually going to have a club to support and the the thing that there's still there's still if that does happen in august then in um it's coming the end of august when it would be the international break and we're then playing when we we ordinarily wouldn't be in in our lifetime we never have done um bottom four or something like that i'm just gonna just check myself and just go well actually nine months ago didn't think we had had a club to support so actually i'm very happy to be in the bottom four of League One. And I think that things will get better because we've signed X, Y and Z and actually they look like decent players and eventually I think it will come together. Yeah, I'm not going to rush out and, uh, you know, 
stick a tenner on Derby to win League One. Let's put it that way. Um, I think we are going to wrap it up there for now. It's, um, I mean, there's so much more to talk about on Derby County at the moment, and we will return for a proper on-field uh, pre-season special where we'll talk about some actual football and uh, and that sort of thing. But, oh, wow, it's just, what a week. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's just been... I'm just so pleased I don't have to doom scroll anymore. I'm so pleased that I don't have to see tweets about 5pm announcements and ITK accounts and uh, this, that and the other, um, as I'm sure the rest of you three guys are as well. So look, Jamie Page, been a great debut. Very assured we will be inviting you back for a cameo. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys all enjoy your evening. Um, as the official um, account tweeted a, a few moments, well, a few few hours ago, maybe now, drink responsibly. That's my uh, that's my tip for you three. I definitely do not plan to do that. Uh, Lee, I'll leave you to, uh, I guess, go and sit by the front door waiting for your daughter to get home safe. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a drink as well. Um, I just wanted to say thanks to all the Derby fans who made me feel so welcome. So obviously, since taking over from Steve Nicholson, who's a really fantastic journalist and big shoes to fill but I think the Derby fans the way they've sort of welcomed me in has been has been unbelievable especially at such a difficult time as well and um, yeah thanks for having me on and um, you know it's going to be exciting over the next few weeks and, and let's hope uh, this time next uh, next summer we, uh, we, we're celebrating again. Tom I think this will be our hang on 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 this will be our sixth season on this podcast there's no escape for you I'm afraid um are you, are you as pumped for League One as I am? Oh, I'm absolutely buzzing, Chris. C- cannot wait. And uh, I agree with Jamie. Drink, <laughs> drink responsibly, everybody. Uh, I've got to be up at five o'clock in the morning because I'm going to Italy. All right, chaps. We will see you on the other side. See you in pre-season. Derby County have been saved. Come on, you Rams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>